much love. heard there was a secret chord that David played it and the Lord said, Ew, David! It's episode 9, season 3 of Ravage Love. We are back! Hi, Julie! We are back! And this week we are talking about angels! You're but my angel. I want you to tell everyone who your angel is these days uh, because you got the joy of a medical procedure that every other Canadian is super thirsty for. So, tell us! Well, I am my own angel because I somehow um, finagled getting the COVID shot for myself and my son. What did you um, I know. Because um, <laughs> here in Alberta, the way it's lined out is we have like, you know, the 1A group and the 1B group and the 2A and the 2B and the 2C group. And most people I know are falling in the 2C or the 3A group. Um, but on the list of... Um, like risk factors for the 2B group, it included fat people and people with autism. So you know I hunted down a place to get that shot. And it was really tricky because we're limited. The the first um, qualifying criteria is age. So I have this really wacky age system where it's like if you were born between these years um, or if you're indigenous and you're born between these years, you qualify for the shot. And then they have this long, 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 long list of other factors um, that will get you the shot. But s- here we're, we're handing them out at pharmacies. Um, and some pharmacies are like, no, you don't fall in the age range. So you can't get it. And then other places are like, oh, yeah, we have a waste mitigation list. We can put your name on it um, in the event that we have some left over at the end of the day. But then this group that I'm on here in Edmonton called Fatties of Yeg, which is incredible. Um, a lot of the beautiful fat people on that group were like, hey, I was able to get this shot here at this pharmacy. And they let everybody know. And I was able to get a shot. And it was lovely. Um, so I got it. And um, I was really worried about the side effects. But the only thing I experienced was um, I had a bit of a headache like shortly after I got the shot. And then I had the craziest um, like brain fog. And I didn't know what people meant by brain fog until I had brain fog. And it was like I was drunk. But as you know, Julie, I quit drinking. I'm a sober yeah. person now. And so it was just like wacky. It was so wacky. Like I, you can read my text messages from <laughs> from like the two hours where I was having this brain fog and it's just like garble. It's just like, rah, 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 rah. it doesn't make any sense. So, um, but then the next day I just had a bit of a sore arm and I was good. I'm good to go. And so now I can actually fly to Ontario in a few weeks and I don't have to be scared for my life, which is so exciting. And those of us who will be welcoming you here yes. in Ontario do not need to be afraid either. And just so folks know, um, like Renee is not just like coming for a visit. She has like a whole bunch of stuff she has to do when she's here. So don't get all like pissy about us taking unnecessary trip. It's an essential trip. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's real nice that you're able to take a flight and come here and at least have had one dose. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so happy that you and your son are vaccinated. I can't even tell you. I just yeah. found out that my grandmother got her first dose. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for Nana. Um, and I love that my Nana was like keen as heck to get it, which is great because there's so much. I just feel like, yes, there are anti-vaxxers and they exist, but I feel like we are giving them way too much space in the media. Like the media mm-hmm. is just covering them so excessively that I think it's spreading a lot of yeah. Like hesitation around the vaccine. So yeah, so 
in particular, they're like, oh, we're not filling these spots with old people because they don't want the vaccine. <laughs> um, well, every elder I know is dying to get it. So my nana yeah. up in rural northern Ontario has her vaccine. Brene has her vaccine. I don't have one. I live in Ontario where it is a gang show. And my physician told me to expect the fall, which oh my is God. <laughs> terrifying. And yeah. my doctor herself only got her first dose two weeks ago. And she's a frontline mm-hmm. family physician. So Ontario is a yeah. real garbage fire. But yeah. congratulations, Renee. Well, as you know. Thank you. Yeah. And like, as you know, I'm flying to Ontario because my mom is very sick um, and she has stage four cancer, but she still cannot get the shot. She can't get it. And so I'm so relieved we have it because it means I'm not going to get my mom sick. I'm not, you know, we're not going to get sick on the flight. I'm so thrilled. I'm so relieved. Uh, But, you know, true to form, true to like Alberta form. As we were as we were driving to the pharmacy, there was an anti-mask protest happening. Like <laughs> as we were leaving, they were walking by the pharmacy and they had like Trump flags and everything. I was like, get it together, Alberta. Like fucking take a knee, butts. Take a oh, knee. Oh my God. Yeah, let's have a fucking huddle and talk it through because mm-hmm. that is a travesty. Jesus. Oh, I mean, that so is stupid. delicious irony though. <laughs> yeah, it was. And Liam, like when we were driving by their little protest, Liam's like, do you think they're going to come swarm the pharmacy? And I was like, no, buddy. And then as we're coming out, they're like walking by the pharmacy. But I mean, valid question on his part because they swarm like abortion mm. clinics. So I'm not surprised yeah. that like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're swarming like yeah. a Rexall. You're like, oh. I just came for mascara. <laughs> yeah. Liam fucking knows. He knows. So <laughs> he knows anyway, no, yeah, no real side effects. Um, I think it, I was very scared. I was very scared about side effects because Easter, we got it the day before Easter and I was like, how am I supposed to put out eggs? Um, <laughs> but uh, we were fine. So if anybody's concerned, um, I hear that um, the side effects are worse with the second dose, but I got the Pfizer shot. Um, so okay. I, and I was fine and I'm the type of person where like, I will get every side effect typically of things. And then some like rare ones, like you never heard of. And I was like, I'm going to get blood clots. So I like got some aspirin and shit, but I was fine. So don't be scared. If you have access to it, go get it. If you want to marry it. me, um, to get access to my health benefits here in Alberta, the only thing that I can give you that's, that's good about Alberta is, is my health benefits. <laughs> To get the COVID shot. So if, if you are interested, just let me know um, and we'll we'll arrange something. Yeah. Perfect. And mm-hmm. last thing I'll, I'll say on this is that I know a lot of people who are in similar positions to you who feel like they're jumping the queue. And I had a conversation with some family members yesterday who were like, yeah, like one of my colleagues, like, you know, pretended. But I was like, at this, it doesn't matter at this point. Like the more people mm. that are vaccinated, the better off we are. And it's not that we don't have enough vaccines. It's that the government is not rolling it out properly. So yeah, mm. if you're autistic, if you have like in Ontario, if you have PTSD, if you have like, there's so many things that make you able to yeah. qualify starting in May. Take it, take it, take it, take it. You're not jumping the queue. Jumping the queue are the snowbirds I know who flew to Florida yeah, to get the vaccine. Fuck. fuck those people. If you're in Canada and you were part of on the list, like do it, do it, do it. Yeah, That's our and health PSA. <laughs> when I was calling the, around at the different pharmacies, um, some pharmacy folks I talked to were just like, "I can't offer it to you because you're not in the like age group, but I have a waste mitigation list. I'll happily put you on it." And then I called another pharmacy, and the lady's like, "No, we're sticking to the mandate, and the mandate says only this age group." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Well, do you have the mandated waste mitigation list?" And she oh. was just like quiet for a second, and she's like. 
yes. I was like, could you please put our names on it? She's like, fine. And she's like, well, what? Why do you qualify? I was like, girl, because I'm fat. Put it, <laughs> put my name on the list. And you know what? The only reason I qualify now is because of COVID. And I just gained so much delicious weight on my thick ass <laughs> over the lockdown that I qualified now. So get eating, y'all. Get to it. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, and if you need something to listen to on your drive there, mm-hmm. um, get ready because we, I don't, I feel like this theme was your idea. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I don't know what book you chose because we have it like, for those of you that are new to the pod, we we have a theme. We each read a book on the same theme, but we don't connect with each other beforehand. So far, we've mm-hmm. never read the same book, although that would be super funny if that happened. Right. So I have no idea what yours were, but I do know that it was incredibly difficult to find a book about angels. Mm. And what I wanted was like intense, uber religious shit and could not find it. Also had to try to filter out all of the books that just happened to be about a woman named Angel. That was another common problem. And then the third one, which I feel like we talked about last week on the pod, is a lot of like Hell's Angels, like biker organized crime erotica or romance. Mm -hmm. Because, you know every woman loves a bad boy so it actually (laughs) took me a lot of work to find mine and was that the case for you too it was yeah and I I ended up getting three different books um and I read two so and I'll I'll talk about that but um it was really difficult because I had a specific type of angel I was looking for (laughs) and I'll get into that as well but um I know people are going to think I was looking for Satan and there was a lot of Satan um but Here's the thing is that, you know, people like to equate Satan with like the darkness and then all this stuff. So all the books I found with Satan were super rapey. And I was like, nah, not here for it. It's spring. It's about rebirth. My name means rebirth. It's just like, let's let's do something good. Let's do something fun and poppy. And um, I skipped the Satan, which is very off brand for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know me personally, I I think it's important to note that I went to Catholic school my entire life, mm-hmm. and I went to a high school in a convent. My school principal was a nun. My Several of my teachers were nuns, and so I really wanted to get fucked by an angel uh, when in this week's readings, and <laughs> it happened, but in the worst way possible. So I'm going to tell you Ooh. about my book. It was truly the worst book I've ever read in the context of this podcast. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. Um, It was called Divine Fornication Seduced by an Angel. And by Amelie Arms. It was published in 2012. The page numbers vary, and I'll explain why. But around 20, 25 pages... Mm-hmm. Not a lot of info about Emilie, uh, other than apparently she lives in France, which I don't believe to be age. Although, I mean, who knows? Um, and writes romance and fantasy. Now, their blog hasn't been updated since 2018. So I don't know if they're still publishing or they just gave up on the dream. I'm not sure. But girl, this book was bad. <laughs> okay, so... First of all, from the jump, terribly written. Terribly written. The kind of thing where it felt like an f- undergrad essay where they were just putting things into the, uh, what do you call that? Like looking for synonyms? What's the, what's, <laughs> okay. 
Um, so just like putting it into like, what is another word for? And then just made like a Mad Libs situation out of it. Like it was just terrible. Oh, okay. So Claire Sawyer is a single 20 year old woman who was blinded in a childhood accident. And in that childhood accident, she very briefly before, so it was in a car accident and right before the crash, she saw like an apparition of the outline of what she presumed was an angel and then got into a crash, woke up, was blind. Then, so that's, that's the background on Claire Sawyer, okay? So Claire Sawyer is in her apartment building and sees her nosy neighbor looking at her and always trying to like... No, she's looking at her, can't see her, but no, she's looking at her and is like, hi, hi, hi. And then to try to get away from her, she runs towards the elevator and somehow falls down the elevator shaft. <laughs> what? Which I don't even know how that's possible because if the doors don't open unless the elevator floor is there, but just suspend your disbelief. So she accidentally falls down the elevator shaft, <laughs> trying to avoid her nosy neighbor. Okay. And as she's falling and falling and falling and falling, she sees a man glowing in gold who's young and jacked and very, very masculine and starts to realize, oh, that's the angel that visited me before the crash. Oh, my God, I must be dying. So <gasps> she's falling. And as she's falling, the angel comes towards her, I guess floats towards her. I'm not really quite sure. Then starts feeling her up. As she's falling. Okay, so she's falling. And he's feeling her up. And then she's a virgin. It's a virgin. And starts <laughs> fucking her. In the elevator? In the, but as she's falling down the elevator. <laughs> That's very like Angels in America. Okay, sorry. Please. Yeah, so on. one hundo, you can see where the inspo came for this one. But I'm like, how many floors could it possibly be that you're falling and you're having like full blown, like there's foreplay and then there's fucking and then he's like in her ass. Like we're going there as how? she's falling. How many floors is this and elevator exactly, shop? Is she at like the fucking Chrysler building? I don't understand. <laughs> I do not understand. Then she wakes up and is in a hospital bed and she's no longer blind. <gasps> so, a miracle. A miracle. So she's like, uh, maybe I did die and now I can see. And then realizes like, nope, no, I'm not in heaven. I'm in a hospital bed because I somehow survived falling down this elevator shaft. <laughs> and then sees an angel sitting at the chair by her bed who's engulfed in flames, but just sitting there and hanging out. Yeah. And then he, when she opens her eyes and sees him, he was like, oh, hello there. Picks her up and flies out the window with her. And as he's soaring through the air, he tells her that when she was a kid, her life was spared by the guardian angel Malik. And he has now given her back her sight and a second chance at life. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, who the fuck are you then? And he's like, oh, I'm a bad angel who is kidnapped, kidnaps her and then says, I would like you to meet my... Pro I can never say that word. Pro progeny? 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 
Progeny, thank you. Okay. So I would like you to meet my progeny, Claire. They are a legion. And by this hour, I should think quite hungry. Then he literally like lets out a maniacal laugh and then sweeps her off to hell. The end. Oh my God. <laughs> That's uh, how it ends. Yeah. Pepper is barking in the background because Pepper is like, no, you're wrong. You're missing part of the story. No, yeah. that's it. <laughs> She's also barking because the male carrier came. But yes. Oh. Yeah. So then, um, it's like, then it says like to be continued in the sequel. And then the next book is like the next page is supposed to be the start of the sequel. And yet it's a completely different story with completely different characters. And then that <laughs> ends on a on a cliffhanger. And then it says keep reading. And then it just ends and there's nothing more. Oh, did you pay for this? Ah, I believe I spent $2 on it, yes. Oh, Julie. I know! So, like, sweet mother of God. Okay, so in terms of, like, the there was one sex scene, and it was very graphic. So in terms of general description, descriptions, there was, like, her depths. Like, okay. Then, like, weird things where, like, he talks, she says, ass cheeks. Which, like... <laughs> But then when he penetrates her, she's like, he put his finger in my anus. And I'm like, why would you say anus but ass cheeks? <laughs> like, weird choice. Then, like, cock, pussy, that kind of stuff. Not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of spice, like, I can't. I'm going to read you a little excerpt of something. The writing was so atrocious that mm-hmm. I'm giving it a zero out of five hits <laughs> of the devil's lettuce. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. Truly the worst thing I've ever read, honest to gosh. And I was like, what am I reading? This cannot be real. Like, is it satire? No. And that's why I'm like, part of me, the only reason why I think this person might be from France is I'm like, oh, maybe English is not their first language. And that's why it's like a clusterfuck. Um, But my instinct is it's just a clusterfuck and they just picked a random French name and then claimed they were from France. So do not <laughs> recommend reading Divine Fornication Seduced by the Angel by Emmy V. Ames. Don't recommend it. Do not recommend. So that was my journey for this week. <sighs> wow. I'm so sorry. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I just, I had so many questions. Like, yeah. logistically, how do you get fucked while you're falling down? Right? Like, uh, And how, exactly how many floors? Like, what is happening? Um, maybe, maybe it was like she was suspended in time and it felt like she was falling. I mean, it, it very well could be because she then came back to life. But hey, 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 tell me, tell me about yours because I need to forget about mine. Oh my god, my book was so good. Um, but like I said, um, I did get three books. So one was like a Satan book, um, and it was like they had a like I had like a chapter before the actual book from the book before it. Um, and I just got like really big rapey vibes and I was like, I don't need this in my life right now. Um, and then I got this other book, which was the most adorable thing I've ever read, Julie, but I chose against it just cause it, I had to try this other book, but it was like written by this. It was obviously written by like a woman who like just, you know, has a cat and, and, you know, likes to watch like Jeopardy at night. Um, but it was like about this woman who was like 55 years young and like, you know, really excited to get home and like have like a glass of white wine. And, um, she like invents, she just like materializes 
her lover and she keeps calling it her lover um and it turns out it was an angel and then at the last page it's like we were gonna be good friends it's like start of a beautiful relation beautiful friendship and i was like oh my god it was so it was so cute and adorable but it was not spicy it wasn't spicy enough for my taste so what i was determined to find was a book with um angels kind of based on the hierarchy of angels that's kind of like um you know like there's like a hierarchy choir of angels it's based on like greek and jewish and christian bible lore um yeah and you, you can read it in like dante's inferno they kind of have this um like uh, hierarchy of angels so there's like seraphims and and cherub cherubims cherubims or something and then um they're like the closest to god and then below that there's like archangels and then below that there's like regular angels and below that there's just like um i don't know uh, david Even rose in heaven there's hierarchies <laughs> yeah there is um and the, my favorite thing about this hierarchy of angels is that the ones at the top the cherub cherubim and the seraphim are like fucking terrifying so like the cherubim which is like a cherub right like you know like a cupid right mm-hmm. um it's got like a lion head and like people parts and like snake parts and like six wings and it's really scary and then there's an angel that's like just a bunch of wheels with eyes and then the, yeah it's horrible awful things and i love them so i was able to find one with a seraphim in it which is above a cherub and it's like closest to god and I, I i think it's hilarious so it's um it means the burning one yeah fucking oh my okay yeah yeah and um it first shows up like in the book of enoch and the book of revelation but like earlier work prior to like bible work it exists as well um and sometimes it can mean like throne so it's like they're close to the throne of god but then other interpretations it means serpents so just imagine like scary shit i love it fucking here for it um (laughs) so my book um is called claimed by the fallen a seraphim of the damned erotica by someone called moria carmel but i kept reading it like moira caramel like but that's (laughs) not her name um she's written two books um and (laughs) it says um Hi, I focus my writing on publishing paranormal and horror erotica along with the occasional romance. Often they will include things like monsters, teratophilia, claws, knives, murder, and more. But she only has two books on Amazon. Um, what is teratophilia, you might ask? Yes. Yeah. It's, um, I'll tell you, it is, it refers to the sexual attraction to either monsters or to deformed people. Ooh. I don't like that. It comes from from the greek meaning monster and fia mean meaning love so i like the idea of it like i love monsters i don't like the idea of it being like i love deformed people like that's kind of rude but here we are um not that everybody isn't beautiful because you know but like let's not let's not specify with uh, like a deformity okay <clears throat> so here we go lucy angle angle is german for angel if you didn't know that um she works for a museum and she she just kind of like takes pictures of artifacts that come in and then tries to like place where they're from in history. And she um, is sent on a field 
mission, I guess, to discover um, what could possibly be an early colonial church belonging to a local lost township. Um, they get this tip from this mountain man and she's like, all right. And she, she's not usually the field agent to go do this, but the normal feeling you broke a thumb. And I guess he's like incompetent and can't, can't handle it. Um, so she doesn't understand why they need to go find this thing, but she's going. So she heads out into like a forest um, and she's been given this like crudely drawn map to go find um, this church. And she's kind of going through the forest. She's really this funny little character. Like she, she's always talking to herself and uh, it's pretty cute. Um, so as she's like heading through the forest, she finds um, like, a, like a cave. And she thinks she has to like go through the cave to get um, to the other side to keep following this path. But she gets into the cave and what she notices is like the cave's like surprisingly clean. Like there's no spider webs or like, you know, bat droppings. There's no bugs. There's no dust. There's no dirt. She's like, that's really weird. Um, she's kind of going through it and um, she's like, you know, I, I'm not getting through this cave. So she decides to turn back. Um, and then her lantern reflects on something and it's a door. So on the door is a spiral of rusty nails. Um, and she thinks that's really weird because like as a museum person, whatever their t job title is, um, spirals aren't usually found in like Puritan or Catholic America design, usually like indigenous design, but the door itself is like European design. So she's like, oh, that's really interesting. So of course she has to go through the door, Julie, of course. Obs. Obviously, so she goes into the door and it's a lot dirtier in there. There's like little bug carcasses and it's dusty and dirty. And in the middle of the room, um, there's a small stone table. And on the table, there's like a bunch of melted candles. And she's like, obviously this is a man-made table, right? Um, so she's kind of like unsettled in this space and she kind of hears some rustling. So she turns around and um, her, her lantern catches something glittering. And she's like, what the heck is that? So she goes towards it and uh, there's a huge black thing in front of her and she's like shit so she falls down and her lantern goes rolling and she's like the fuck is that and so she picks it up and there's this humongous statue like think like the lincoln memorial like huge statue in this room of this big black man reclining on a throne with like a leg kind of lazily crossed over the top and it has no head um like black marble beautiful the thing's naked and it's just like real beautiful like it's a beautiful thing and she's like i don't know how this could have possibly got in here because marble's not native to this area nor the time period so she's like this is really weird so she goes over and she's like examining it and she notices it also has these huge white marble wings and she's like wow like this and it's just really beautifully detailed and she's like i have no idea how this was put in here or made but i'm gonna check it out so she's examining the wings and um she notices there are like these little like black circles with like some red and she's like kind of like what the heck is this and then she notices that they're actually eyes like they're carved eyes throughout like the wings so but like there's like a million wings on this thing like there's tons of wings and there's tons of eyes and she's really unsettled by it because it kind of feels like the eyes are following her but she's like that's obviously by design so she's checking out this uh, this angel and she starts to kind of like talk to it just because like that's who she is. She's this funny little character who talks to things. <clears throat> and she thinks it's so cool, but she starts to get really tired. She's just like, oh man, I'm exhausted. So she decides she's going to leave the, um, the cave, come back the next day and decides to go set up camp. 
So she sets up camp. She falls asleep really quickly because she was just so exhausted all of a sudden. And she starts to have this really sexy dream. And it's a dream where there's this woman who I guess was burned at the stake as a witch. And I suppose she made some kind of deal with God because she is a Christian woman that if he sent somebody to smite the people that hurt her, she would gladly give up her life in like in, in return. So he sends something. She sends something to um, kill the people that killed her. And once it's all over, she's like, cool. Okay. And so this, this thing goes to like strangle her, um, but then decides like it's going to have sex with her and she's really into it. Um, so then Lucy wakes up and she's just like, oh my God, I've had wet dreams before, but I've never come from a wet dream. That's crazy. So she gets up and she like changes her her clothes because she's all sweaty and, and cummy and gross. Um, but then she starts to feel this like longing and this pull and she's like, okay, something's up. Like I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't sit. I can't sleep. I can't relax or anything. And so she decides to go back to the cave and she goes back to the cave and she's kind of examining um, the statue again. And, you know, she did notice earlier that there was a huge dick on this statue and it, and, and it was uncut and it was like really well, but be, it was really, it was really good looking dick for a statue. But, <laughs> but because um, she works in a museum, she's an artist. Like it didn't, it didn't bot, like it didn't register with her or anything. She's just like, it's a piece of art, whatever. Um, and so she decides that um, she's going to just kind of like climb on top of it and check out um, what's going on with the head because for for the head to have been carved like it was cut off and it had like pretend like it had like blood carved into it too like it had been dribbling blood she's like that's such a weird choice for an artist to do so she's like i can't sleep so i'm gonna check it out so she puts the lantern on the on the on the angel's lap or like the statue's lap and she's like realizing that like its dick is erect and the foreskin's pulled back but she's like i'm pretty sure it was it was pulled up before but she's like no i'm i'm probably mistaking this so she climbs up on the statue and she's checking out the head and she realizes that like the neck is like part of it's like cleanly cut like the marble but then the rest of it looks like it was ripped off and she's like that's so weird that like there's no damage to the statue and she's looking behind it and then she starts to feel really faint she's looking at the eyes on these wings and she starts to feel faint so she she faints and she falls backwards but how she falls is she falls in between the statue's stomach and the statue's erect penis and she's sort of like, that feels really good on my butt crack. And um, she's like, I'm, this feels really good. So she's like, you know what? Marble's not that delicate. I could, I could, I could have sex with this marble dick and it'd probably be okay. I'll have a lot to clean up tomorrow, but whatever. So she like gives the marble dick a blowjob, which I was like, that's pointless. But then I thought maybe she's just trying to get it really wet, you know, cause it's huge. Like you have to think that, imagine the Lincoln Memorial with a proportional penis. And she's like, I don't know if it's gonna fit. So she's just getting it all soaked uh, with her mouth and she climbs on it and it's awesome. Like, she's just like, this is great. I'm really worried, like it's not gonna fit. It gets in there and she's just having the time of her life. And as this is happening, she kind of feels like, <clears throat> she notices that like the wings are kind of around her, but like she doesn't really notice it. Like as the readers, we know what's happening, but she doesn't notice it. And then, like, she feels some hands on her waist. But again, she doesn't notice it. We as readers know. And so she comes and she's like, that was awesome. And then she notices 
the hands on her waist and the wings around her. And she's like, I don't think that was the way it was when I climbed up here. Like, doy. Um, so she goes to get off, but then these hands on her waist don't let go of her. And then it just starts slamming her down on its marble penis. Um, and she mentions, like, you know, it would really hurt, except that marble is freezing cold. So it's kind of like numbing her at the same time. And she gets really, really into it. Um, and then this thing just like comes in her and it's like cold. Imagine like what come would feel like coming out of a marble statue, like just freezing Yikes. cold. Yeah. And it fills up her stomach so that it distends. And she's like, oh, that's weird. So then she's like, that was gross. But OK, what am I dealing with here? Like, what is this? Um, and then she like goes to get off of it. And then the wing starts like pushing on her stomach and like the, the angel's hand starts pushing on her stomach and she's just, she's like, what are you doing? No, no, no. But it's like, it's trying to like get the cum out of her. So, and then they describe it as like gushing out of her. They say gushing, it gushes out of her. And I was like, Oh, and so she's kind of sad. Cause she's like, that felt really good. <clears throat> and she's disappointed. But then it was like only so the angel could make more room and they bang it out again. Um, and she's super into it. But at this point, she's like really tired. Um, but she's like, fine, it's great. So she falls asleep with this angel and um, she wakes up and she's just like, oh, man, that was great. But I have to go pee now. So she gets up to like leave the cave to go pee and like go over to her tent. And there's like a little stream there. She's kind of like washing her pussy. She's like, uh, you know, just splashing some nice cold water on there. Cool it down. Um, and she's kind of like, oh, there's still, there's still some jism coming out of me. <laughs> what a great time. But then this dog shows up and the dog's like barking and snarling at her. And she's like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. And then she's naked. So she's like backing up, up against a tree and she scratches her back on the, on the bark. And she's like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And the dog's coming and like snapping at her feet. And then there's this guy in like a green coat with a rifle poking around her tent. And he's like, no, 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 no. So she takes a rock and she like whips it at like the dog and the man doesn't know if she hits either. But then there's a huge bang and she's like, oh, my God, like the gun went off and like there's like rocks and tree falling all over her. The gun didn't go off, Julie. The angel fucking burst out of the like the fucking cave through like the, the wall and then literally tears the dog and the man apart, just rips them apart. Yeah. It still has no head, by the way. There's no head on this angel. Oh, like, Jesus. FYI. So imagine this giant Lincoln Memorial statue with no head, giant wings with eyeballs on it, like a million wings, ripping, ripping shit apart, right? So she's, like, in shock, and she looks behind. Like, she's like, oh, my God. And there's just, like, gross, like, sinew and guts and shit everywhere. And she's like, oh, my God. So the angel, like, takes her to, like, a waterfall, and they just have, like, this tender moment in the waterfall so she can, like, you know leave her shock behind washes off the blood off his like marble torso and she's like oh so weird and so then he takes her back to the tent but like they lie down together on the side where there's no guts right C clearly um and they fall asleep and the next day she wakes up in her tent snug as a little bug in the rug she's like oh that was a great sleep man it's great and she doesn't seem to remember anything that happened Right. She doesn't even remember it like as a dream. She's just like, that's weird. She gets up and she notices there's like this necklace in her tent and it's like a wheel with a red eye spinning in the middle. And she's like, oh, OK. Um, and so she kind of takes it and then she hears people calling. She hears like Lucy Engel, Lucy Engel. And she's like, the fuck? And then two people show up in green coats with rifles 
And one of them is the guy from the night before. And then it hits her. She's like, oh my God, all this stuff happened last night. She's like, oh my God, he was dead. Oh my God, there were bodies everywhere. Oh my God, like what's going on? She's freaking out. And it turns out they were forest rangers and she's been missing for a week. Yeah. And so they're like, your boss called. We've been looking for you. Like what's going on? And she had like tried to go out and find the cave before she heard these people calling. She cut her foot and she's like, oh my God. So the woman, uh, her name's Jenny and she's like trying to help uh, Lucy get dressed. And then the other forest ranger is like, you know, oh, you cut your foot. Like, oh my God. And so um, they're like, we have to get her down mountain. And, um, you know, she notices that like the male uh, forest ranger is kind of like a dark skinned, handsome man. And she's like, oh, I don't remember him being handsome last night, but I was really scared. So whatever. But she's like, can't just can't figure out why he's not dead anymore and they mentioned like you know we lost a dog on the trail so we were worried about you have you seen any bears out here and she's like no no no. uh knowing that the angel ripped apart the dog right and so um the the male forest ranger's like well i'm gonna have to i'm gonna carry her on my back down the mountain because i'm worried that like she's gonna hurt her foot and then as he goes to pick her up her necklace starts to warm up and heat up on her chest and he says hi i'm malik julie and then, and so she knows that actually that's her angel, but had the same name as the guy in your book. So that was my story. Um, that was my story. Pretty simple. But the sex scenes were fucking hot, Julie. Oh my God. And I don't know if yes. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I'm just like touch starved or what, but I was just like, whew, like had to catch my breath. Um, I was going to originally have it lose a mark because of the marble uh statue boner blowjob but i was like no no she had to do what she had to do to get it in there i respect that um so five out of five soggy bottom angel food cakes for this yeah um genital descriptions like there weren't really any it was just like cunt and and cock really that was it and like ass um but it didn't matter julie you know what it didn't matter this book was to the point the character, the main character was really cute and, and funny. And I thought it was, you know, really an earnest character. And you know what? I I would fuck a giant marble angel statue. Without a head? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I don't want to see his face. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know that I could fuck someone who's headless. <laughs> well, like you could, yeah, you could see like, I guess when she went to go look, there was like even like neck, like, t- like tendons and stuff carved into it. Um... Anyway, you know what? This could have been a much longer book and it still would have been really good. Like there was a lot that the author could have done with this story. Mm-hmm. Um, but fucking spicy for first thing in the morning, Julie. I was just like, <laughs> I'm just like, what do I do? With-? I was like, do I like, do I need to rub one out? Like what am I, what, what's happening? Very spicy. And I'm glad it's the one I read. Would recommend 100%. If you need a quick little 40 page read that's going to get you hot to trot, like read this book. It was great. And I loved that it had like, a seraphim angel, true to form, wings with a million eyeballs on it, creepy as hell, ripping shit apart, here for it. So, and I love that um, when you said that there was like a Malik in your book, I was like, it's the same guy. So, <laughs> nice little little tether there. I didn't, nice, that didn't need yeah, to happen. A nice little connection between these two random ass books. Mm-hmm. Are you going to read us something spicy or? No. Okay. No, you know what? I can't get that worked up again. I just can't. Oh do my it. god, I understand. Mm-mm. I understand. Yeah. But I am gonna read um, when she when she sees the statue for the first time. 
Okay. Hit us. So, uh, there's a rustling in the dark and I spin with a frightened gasp, swinging the light in front of me like it was, uh, like it might protect me from whatever lurks. Tiny spots of glitter back at me in the darkness. And I, uh, as, and as I try to control my heartbeat, I step closer. Something huge and black looms in front of me. Holy fuck, I startled. uh, With a startled streak, I stumble backwards, tripping over my feet and falling painfully onto my ass. My dropped light skitters forward with a clang, rolling away from me, only to stop at the foot of what had scared me. Foolishly, I had thought the uh, cavern was large, but uh, as I stare upwards, it seems almost despairingly small for the huge polished black statue in front of me. There, reclining back on a stone throne with one leg crossed loosely over the other, is a naked male. It's finely detailed, looking distractingly real except for its large size. It towers over me from its throne. Uh, Partially seeing it in the shadows had scared a good ten years off my life. My mind quickly skips over its nudity through as my eyes, uh, though as my eyes are drawn to the side. Giant white stone carved feather wings are posed threateningly around the statue, dozens of them more probably, as they look to be tangled and twisted around one another in unnatural ways. Upon each are hundreds of shiny black chips. I scoot forward, staring wide-eyed and intently at them. Uh, there were... There were also round red bulges mixed throughout the chips and feathers. My mind raced fascinated. What could those be, I wondered. I glanced at the chiseled chest, swallowing before focusing back on the wings. I shrug off my backpack and camera bag before rolling over to crawl forward on my hands and knees. Once I'm close enough, I sit back on my knees, wipe my hands off my, on my jeans and lean forward, face inches away from some feathers. The wings look like it was carved from marble which was not material found in this area. It was also so incredibly detailed that I could see each filament of every feather in front of me. I hum, surprised at how delicate and beautiful they look. My eyes, my eyes trail up to one of those red bulges close by. It's opaque with thin black veins running throughout, uh, throughout it with a circle carved into the center, and it looks like eyes, I realize with a jolt. It was a red stone eye. I gasp quietly, leaning back on my heels to stare upwards. I could tell now that that black chips were also eyes, smaller but just as detailed as the red ones. I release a slow breath and stand up, spinning slowly, to try and take it all in. The air is heavy on my chest, and it feels like every single one of those eyes is focused directly on me. Hairs on the back of my neck raise, and for a moment I want to run. I shake myself, forcing down fear and pushing the knee-jerk reaction away. It's not real, I whisper. It can't hurt me. I shake my head, rubbing the palms together to fight off the chill. In a louder voice, I continue. It's just the good old dark and creepy cave freaking me out. Besides, the wings were probably designed to feel that way anyways, beautiful and terrifying. I chew on my lip, thinking. A bit of a gaze of the beholder type situation was common in larger works of art. Whoever had made it through, uh, made it though, had used it so that no matter where I moved in front of the statue, its eyes always looked uh, like they were staring down at me. None of this, uh, none of this looked... Sorry. None of this was looking like early American work, though, much closer to the Renaissance level of craftsmanship and distinctly not standard church imagery except the eyes. Wasn't there a type of angel covered in eyes? Oh, I start all my own, my own wide eyes roaming over the rest of the statue's details. That was definitely a possibility. Yes, an angel of some sort. But why was it here in a cave of all places? Oh, and also headless. There was what looked like a jagged piece of its broken neck sticking further up uh, on the right side than the left, like it had been cut lopsided. There was also what looked like carved blood flowing downward and upward in the strange black rivets from said neck wound. Which means, I muse, that the headlessness was intentional. A bold choice. Although it was hard to get uh, too many details from the distance and angle I was at. Anyway, and then she goes to like check out his dick and I was like, meh. <laughs> and I, I realize that's not really a spicy passage, but it, 
I, I think it's important to like, that's what she fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely. That, yeah. was, that was necessary context to get you fired up. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to I want to know what awfulness you're going to oh, read for us. Oh my gosh. Is it the elevator scene? No, well, it's all the elevator scene because that's really the whole fucking mo- the whole book, but <laughs> um so this is when she's falling and she's just had a flashback to when she first saw this angel, which was when she had that car accident when she was young. So what I'm reading you is just to give you a sense of how Fucking terrible, the writing is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dokie. The wind howled in Claire's ears. She was falling, twisting slowly like maple seed through air that felt as thick as water. What? (laughs) Like, right away, I'm already like, maple seed? And then thick as water? Water is not thick. Anyways. (laughs) Oh, you, just like you can tell, this is what I mean by like the travesty of it all. In the emptiness, she heard a voice, and instantly Claire knew that it belonged to a man she had seen just once before, a man clothed in a skin of gold with a smile that shone with the light of the sun. A ring, a ring of roses, a pocket full of posies, ashes, ashes, we all fall down. His voice was musical and light, almost humorous. With no warning, Claire felt warm hands upon her face. His touch was gentle as he intoned, Have no fear, little one. I am here, as I have always been. The scent of exotic spices filled her nose. His odor was a rainbow of citrus and sandalwood, (laughs) cinnamon and ginger, and under it all, there was the scent of a man in his prime. Oh. Youthful and powerful. Claire could not have said why, but it was as though she could smell heavy muscles gliding under golden skin. (laughs) Then, who smells muscles? Then, in the darkness, there was a growing light. She gasped and understood that she was falling to her death, or had already fallen and lay bleeding the last of her life's blood out at the bottom of the elevator shaft. With no sense, in the rational, illogic belonging (laughs) to the dreaming... (laughs) Okay. <laughs> it's either okay. It's either logical or it's rational. It can't be rational illogic. <laughs> With no sense in the irrational illogic belonging to the dreaming, all Claire could think of was the terrible ache that his voice had awakened between her legs. She had never known a man, damaged goods as they say, and her sexual experience was limited to furtive touching, alone in her own bed that finished in weak tremblings that left her unsatisfied and unaccountably sad. But now, in her last extremity, the warmth of his golden hands upon her face, Claire felt an itch deep inside. The light grew to suffuse everything around her, yet it did nothing to relieve her blindness. She saw nothing, but felt those warm hands, gentle as ever, slip down the sides of her neck to rest briefly upon her shoulders. Her own smile stretched her lips. Of that she was sure, and she thought that if this is what it was to die, then it might not be so bad. The scent of spices, accented in a man's rich musk, filled her nostrils. Then those wonderful hot hands drifted down to cup her breasts. Claire laughed. It was ridiculous to be at death's door and discover that she was ticklish. A soft chuckle answered her, and thumbs she could not see stroked across her nipples. The laughter in her throat died away to become a low moan. Then her breath caught as unseen fingers rolled her nipples between them pulling tenderly with a slow motion that felt as though it went on without time, without end. Yes, Claire, 
We have all the time we need. All the time that is necessary. She marveled at the musical quality of his voice. It was like listening to bells pealing, but without the harsh clamor that lined the edges of mundane bronze. If in her childhood memory his skin had been of gold, she discovered that his voice was gilded as well and only heightened the passion that was building within her. Claire was not sure if she was still wearing clothes, but there seemed to be nothing between her and the touch of this being. She felt hot breath for an instant before her nipple was enveloped in soft lips. His tongue fluttered across the tip and Claire arched her back, her thighs slipping open without being aware of it. The wind blew around her. She was falling down a well with no bottom and no longer cared as the weight of a man settled itself for the first time across her trimmed body. Her hands leaped to his back. His skin was smooth like that of a newborn. Yet just underneath, she could feel powerful muscles and sinew shifting with each of his movements. She cradled him between her legs, letting herself fall wide and felt the air slipping by, powerless to cool her down below, where she'd become heavy with wetness and heat. Shall I, Claire? Is it what you want? Do you choose this of your own free will? Claire's body answered for her as she wrapped her legs around his waist. Yes, she said. I choose this. I want you cock inside me. (laughs) (laughs) And thus begins a virgin, blind virgin falling down an elevator shaft, suddenly being like, yes, I want you cock inside me. (laughs) Was that the same angel that saved her, but not the same angel that steals her? Not the same angel that that steals her away. No. The angel that steals her away is like, ha ha ha, I'm going to steal you and feed you to my, whatever that word was that I couldn't pronounce. Um, So the angel that you're, that she fucks is the same angel as in my book. Oh, probs. 100%. How fucking, what are the odds of that? Oh my God. It was a hot mess express and I hated it so (laughs) much. And then to be like, and after all that, I didn't even get a conclusion. (laughs) No, no. Uh, shame on you shame. I want to imagine that because mine didn't have a head that it was actually like Emma Thompson like <laughs> what cause like Angels in America she's the angel in it and okay, she like okay. she's like well, uh, she never expressly talks about AIDS but that's what Angels in America is about so yeah yeah um, yeah I feel like she's there and she's like we're gonna solve the AIDS crisis <laughs> and then like boom 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 they just yeah bang it out well, that's really what this was about Oh, I mean, Thanks, your Emma. version. Yeah, it was like your version. I much prefer. Um, I never want to read anything by this person ever again. I'm not <laughs> sad that they haven't written a book since 2018. Um, I will be haunted by the terribleness. And you know me, I'm not a snob. English is my no. second language. I grew up with tons of people in my family that are dyslexic, <laughs> like spelling mistakes, typos. Like I'm not a quote unquote grammar Nazi. Not even close. Do not care. But this was like it wasn't just the you know, <laughs> you cock instead of your cock. But it's also just like, yeah, like the rational, illogic thinking of the dreaming. <laughs> Qu'est-ce que c'est, like you're just trying to sound fancy. <laughs> it was like going to an academic conference where they're like, <laughs> epistemologically speaking, you're like, just use words like that people understand. <laughs> they're like, in my praxis, do you get do your praxis a lot in social work? Uh, no, but I do in academic journals for sure. Oh my god. Anyway, so that's how it felt. It felt like this was either written by an academic or someone's thesaurus. That's the word I was trying to think of earlier. With someone uh, who just like wrote this book on a typewriter and had a thesaurus beside them. <laughs> and we're like, we what is please, this synonym? Can we please decolonize uh, romance novels, please? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
anyways, uh, la poubelle en feu is what I would call this. Not sad <laughs> that we're never going to revisit Angels ever again. I'm making that commitment right now, unless we can find a Bible thumpy hella Christian one, in which case sign me the fuck up because you know I love some Amish romance more than anything. Oh, I know you do. I know you do. Oh, give me a sexy Jebediah any day of the week. So if that's mm, the case, Ezekiel? I will. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> fuck me up, Jeremiah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I love it to death um but until then i will no longer read these books um so thanks for the journey ensemble Aww. this week i love that our books brought us together just like through space and time <laughs> they really did and yeah. i want mine on the because i only have a kobo and you guys are on the kindle store so literally two different places we were pulling from and yet still came up with a similar palette if you will mm-hmm. aye, aye, aye. not bad not bad are we doing nuns next week yes, um, yes. sister mary clarence so now i'm on the hunt for the queerest gayest because again mm-hmm. From the top, when I told y'all I went to school in a convent, yeah, the only appeal of nuns is to think about how extremely homoerotic it is to be a nun. So if I don't find queer nun erotica, I'm gonna be some pissed. You know, I I just my my job just ended after five years, and I worked with nuns like every day, and not like the hat, like not the habit wearing. I know they had habits. They just were like super cash nuns and they paid for our birth control, which was like tight. So, um, but I can't, I mean, queer as the day is long, let's be real. But I can't imagine, they were all old women. Like I can't imagine there being. Oh, I mean, to be clear, when I, when I went to school in a convent, like these nuns were very old. My Mm -hmm. principal was young when my mother went to school there. So my Mm -hmm. mom knew her as like tiny little Sarachel, but I knew scary, scary, um, <laughs> old Sarachel. So I mean, I've never IRL met a young nun ever. I have, oh, I have but they're always from like the Philippines. I was going to say, is it a woman of color? Yeah. Yeah. It's never like the, you know, like what sister act wants you to believe, which is like cute little meek white women. <laughs> Not Julie Andrews. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, so join us next week where we're going to get freaky wood nuns. Freaky yeah. wood nuns. Oh, my God. I hope I find, like, some sound and music erotica. Oh, girl, if not, we will just sing it. I mean, it's in honor of Christopher Plummer. We need to. Ooh, daddy. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm excited. I mean, there's... I feel like there's going to be a lot for us out there on this topic. I don't know, because I thought there would be for angels. So if you're listening to this right now and you have a lead on a hot nun romance, fucking slide in our DMs, Twitter or Insta. Also, go to Twitter and Insta to see the covers of our books this week, because mine is truly a hoot hoot right on the hot mess express. (laughs) So you're not going to want to miss it. And if you are a former nun current nun or have a story of you and a nun or something you heard through the grapevine like you can come on our show next week and tell your story i won't even i won't even ask to hear it ahead of time you will have the full platform to tell whatever you want to say and if y'all don't you're gonna have to listen to me and my five thousand nun stories because i have so many (laughs) and will uh gladly share them all with you so if not you gotta gotta hit us up with your stories but i also have stories and i'm excited 
Nuns. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you worked with nuns. I went to school with nuns. We have gems. Join us next week, every Friday. We drop a new pod and we love to hear from you. So yeah, slide into our DMs. Please do. I love it. I love it. Um, <clears throat> I've only ever actually ever received one email from a fan and it was like Julie fan. Like, it was like a really long email about how much they loved you. And I was like, that's so awesome. But I'm sure you get like a million of those emails. Like just once I want somebody to be like, Renee means everything to me. <laughs> well, you heard it here, <laughs> folks. Send us those emails. Send Renee Please a love do. letter. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was, I, I liked this week and I had a great time. I'm sorry. Your book was hot garbage. <laughs> Um, I'm glad yours was the hottest one you've read so far. I love it. Oh. I love a contrast. I love a binary. I know I'm not supposed to as a feminist, but I love a binary. It's the Gemini, Gemini in me. So uh, I'm glad your book was spicy as shit. Mine was just shit. And I never want to think about it ever again. Yeah, I'm sorry. As a Taurus, I need to go eat something. So <laughs> do you want to sing us out, my friend, my angel, my the love of my life, my dove? I sure do. <clears throat> Ravage love. Ravage love. Bye. Bye. Artwork for the podcast was created by Karen McKnight. Special thanks to Press Start to Join for production assistance. For gaming and tech news, search Press Start to Join or on social media at PS the number two J show. Connect with us online at Ravage Love on Instagram and by email at ravagelove.podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.